0: Hey girls, welcome to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. I hope you're having a great week so far and hopefully this episode will make it a little better. So today we are talking all about red flags and green flags and it's so timely because last week so many people were tweeting about red flags on Twitter and I was like, well, let me hop in on this trend, okay? Okay. And, you know, red flag is like a warning, like, "Ooh, don't go further. And we've all seen red flags in relationships. We go further and we get hurt, right? Or sometimes we have been the red flag. I'm sure I've been a red flag to someone before when I was in my be silent and not speak up and communicate phase in my life. So it's definitely good to know the red flags and maybe turn the other way. All right, sis, maybe don't go further and explore that relationship a little bit more. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's a red flag, but maybe I could change him. No, let it go. Here are a few red flags that I posted on the Go Girl Movement Instagram page. I said when he calls his exes crazy, red flag, because you already know he's going to end up calling you crazy one day. And a lot of times people are not just crazy just because sometimes they are provoked and they are reacting. Another red flag, when you take a nap and wake up single since you kept missing his phone calls. Oof, that's happened to me so much in my uh, emotionally abusive relationship. I I used to be a morning show host in radio, meaning I got off work at 10 a.m., which means I got to work at around 5 in the morning and we get off at 10 in the morning. I'm tired afterwards. I want to take a nap. If I miss some phone calls, you better believe I was accused of cheating, of doing something I shouldn't have been doing, and waking up single. I'm like, this man has issues. Red flag. Another one, when he says he's going through a divorce, but still lives with his wife. Girl, you know what's going on if they're still living together, okay? Another one, when he blames you instead of taking accountability. We don't like that over here. Don't try to change the story and switch it around to me. Uh Uh-uh. Take accountability, bruh. Another red flag. When he doesn't respect your boundaries. Now, I had Amy the Life Coach on a couple of weeks ago, and we talked all about boundaries. If you missed that episode, be sure to check it out. It's episode number 76. She even shares how to state your boundary. And the last red flag I shared on the Go Girl Movement social media platforms when he asks you hey babe do you want anything to eat you say no and he really doesn't show up with any food that is a red flag okay not really but that's kind of like really bruh now you know i'm hungry (laughs) i'm always hungry bring me some food anyway bring me a snack bring me some french fries or i'm gonna eat yours that's it Yeah, I might be the red flag in that situation. But anyway, as you can see, it could get serious with the red flags or it could be kind of funny. In today's episode, I'm featuring dating coach Christina. Okay, she helps women ditch hookup culture so they can attract serious partners and healthy relationships. Now, I wanted to get her on because she had a viral video on TikTok. And when I mean viral, I mean over 10 million views. 10 million views. About, are those butterflies or is that really anxiety if it's anxiety that could be a red flag yes a lot of people want those butterflies and a spark in the beginning of a relationship but is that healthy is that what you really want or is that something you should run from we're going to talk about that in this episode as well as some green flags to look out for okay what's healthy in a relationship what do you want in a relationship And we're going to talk about some toxic dating advice because everyone's an expert these days and a lot of things are being shared on the Internet, which are not true. So we'll get into all that and more. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Be sure to leave five stars in a review. Let me know what part resonates with you. Okay. also follow on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Go Girl Movement. And check out the website. So much cool stuff over there at GoGirlMovement.org. All right, now it's time for some girl talk. Talking, Ooh, I am so excited for another episode of the Go Girl podcast. I have Christina on the line. She is a dating coach and she helps millennial women ditch hookup culture, date great guys, and become dream girls. Christina, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on today. Of course. So I'm going to get right to it. The reason why I invited you on because on TikTok, you get sucked in and whatnot. And there's a lot of funny videos and a lot of videos that have real good content where it speaks the truth. And I saw your post. It now has 10 million views, and it, yeah. was so, it was so real. And I know you had a lot of comments about what you said, but there's pretty much a video where you play two characters, and one character says, I like him, but I don't feel butterflies or fireworks, I feel calm. And the other character says, So you don't have anxiety? He's probably the one <laughs> genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the thing a lot of people. Uh, want those butterflies and those sparks Mm -hmm. when they first meet someone and they're first dating someone. And Mm -hmm. could that sometimes actually be anxiety?
1: Yeah, so it's really funny because as I'm sure you know, on on TikTok, you have such a short amount of time to make a video. And sometimes it could really blow someone's mind. And on the other hand, some people can go, wait, and and get maybe a little offended or confused. Um, And I'm not saying it's always a bad thing. Right? right? We all want to feel, you want to feel excitement, but you want to feel excitement in spurts and at certain times with a partner. And for me, this was really something, you know, I, I, you know, created my account, can't get a text back, you know, when I was technically still single, but I've been with my boyfriend for over three years now. And one of the things that I always talk about is when we first started dating, I felt so at peace, and I think that especially now, women are so strong, and and we're we're more independent than we've ever been. So we do take on a lot more stress, right? And we're used to feeling so go 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 all the time that then we're looking for go 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 in our relationships when really feeling at peace and feeling calm is so much more important.
0: Yeah, and it feels easy and. When- healthy, <laughs> but so many people actually grow up in chaotic environments. So mm-hmm. they're used to feeling that adrenaline rush. They're used to yeah. the emotional unavailability. They're used to not knowing what's going to happen the next moment, staying on their toes in a roller coaster ride of emotions. And a lot of times it does start from childhood, but how can we shape that? How can we yeah. say move from that wanting that adrenaline rushing, chaotic Uh, emotions to feeling safe and calm and secure.
1: I'm happy that you even brought that up because I, I am like typical girl with daddy issues. You know, my, my parents got divorced before I was even two years old. And by the time I was eight, my dad moved across the country and we really have never had much of a relationship. Right. So I grew up thinking that men abandon you Mm -hmm. and men are bad. And you know, I, on the other hand, I had a really great example of like a strong independent woman. I mean, my mom was a boss growing up, you know, like that, that was wonderful. But at the same time, I saw my mom dating, breaking up. I saw like it being difficult and just like men being difficult and being, you know, disappointing. And then that translated, you know, as you said, the way that you grow up has a lot to do with then how you date. Your family life has so much to do with the way that you date. So if you're in this high anxiety position at all times in every aspect of your life from the time that you're a child, then yeah, you're looking for that. You know? You're know, you looking for that rush. And it's not even that butterflies are bad, but they're not sustainable, are they? Right,
0: exactly. I kind of related to, and I don't know if I should, but like to drugs, it's like you're on a high, but when that high comes down, what happens next? You're looking for that yep. high again. You're looking for that yep. rush. So it's like it's not real or it's only going to be temporary to only last for so long. Um, but a lot of people are actually afraid of the peace or the calm and they think it's boring. I feel like I want the peace and the calm in a yeah. relationship. And what's exciting is, oh, we're planning this great date. We're planning this great trip. Like that's exciting. Not like yes. I don't want Emotional roller coaster excitement. Like, give me mm-hmm. off
1: the roller coaster. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes even that butterfly, you know, people think of butterflies as you finally you're looking at the phone and you finally get that text, right? And right. then you're like, and you get that butterfly. It's like, why were you waiting for it so long in the first place? Maybe thinking it wouldn't come. And then when it comes, you get that rush and you get that excitement, right? Instead of, you know, I thought there was something wrong when I met my boyfriend. I I was like, I'm never worried about whether or not he's going to text me when I'm busy at work. I'm allowing myself to be at work. you know I'm not looking at my phone every minute of the day and then getting a rush of excitement. You know I might get a smile on my face, something he says is probably going to you know, you know light me up a little bit, but there's not that rush okay, and then you come down from it, and then it's the next time you know so yeah, it's like you want that calm. It's it's so important to feel that that peace and calm. So I'm happy that that resonated with so many people. Yeah. So what has
0: been the response? Like, I know a lot of people are like, no, I need to feel the sparks and the butterflies. And some people are like, like with me, I'm like, yeah, this is facts. So yeah. how have people been responding?
1: So it, it's been really funny. Most of the uh, most of the comments that I'm getting, or some of the messages, you know, some people have then found me on Instagram and they're messaging me, and they're like, "I feel that. I feel that so much. Thank you um, for saying that." And they'll relate. But then we have, I would say, like two other groups of people. So you have the groups of people who think it's boring, mm-hmm. right? They they don't want a relationship where there's no, I guess, intense feelings all the time, and they think that that's something that's boring do it your way. And if that works for you, then it works for you. But then we have some of the people who I think are allowing the message to make excuses for maybe something that they're in that they're really just not into. And no anxiety, no butterflies doesn't mean no feelings. Right. right? It doesn't mean mean, settle, right? Yes. It doesn't mean no passion. Everything should still feel passionate. There should still be those rushes of emotions, you should still feel feelings. It doesn't mean boring. You know, it doesn't mean no feelings. So there's really that fine line where if it resonates with you, is that because you feel just so blissfully happy in the situation you're in? Or does it resonate with you because you're like, oh, I've been thinking maybe I should leave because it feels boring. So no, it's fine. I'll stay. You have to be able to discern. It is again, I mean, it's probably, I think, less than a 15 second video. So you have to be able to discern for yourself and be honest with yourself.
0: Yeah. Be real with yourself. I I love that you said that because, yeah, some people might feel like, oh, Like you said, oh, I was going to leave, or I'm bored, so let me just leave the situation. Oh, this is actually healthy. Well, let me stay, but it's like, but if you're if you're really not feeling a person, (laughs) then just release them and let them go. Yeah,
1: there's a difference. I
0: need you to be excited about the person, but maybe not feel those feelings in your stomach. And what's interesting is we start a lot of times relationships and wanting to feel that flutter in your stomach, like oh my goodness, oh my gracious, and then months later they start showing who they really are and their true colors. And then it's like, trust your gut. If your gut is feeling wrong. So it's like, is that the same gut that had the anxiety and butterflies in the beginning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your body gives you you know, gives you signals and that is a signal, you know, like I said, the, the first indicator is if you are getting so flustered and excited over the littlest thing, like a text message, or, you know, because he finally followed through on asking you out on a date. It's like, why are you getting so excited over the bare minimum? minimum. Yeah. <laughs> the bare minimum.
0: A lot of people have been disappointed in their dating lives. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, this person is actually texting me every single day. They're not calling you every day, girl, but they're texting you <laughs> every day. And you're excited <laughs> about that. They might be yeah. texting you only certain hours. They're not texting at night when they might be like with their real person or whatever. But you got to text. <laughs> so you're excited. It's like yeah. we need to just step up our standards pretty much. And it's yes. not just to women. It's to men and women. Step your standards yeah. up. And Step the, your
1: standards up everywhere in your friendships and your family everywhere.
0: Yeah. So then you can stop. Accepting the breadcrumbs and thinking like that's enough and getting excited about that you are a dating coach, and for the millennials, let's talk about some red flags, some uncommon okay. red flags because we kind of know why I would assume that some of them are very common, but what are some red flags that people might miss might not know that they're actually red flags?
1: Oh, okay, I have one that's super super specific, okay, but if they're holding a chip on their shoulder, you know um a big example is like with, with, um, with moms, right? Mm-hmm. So like if, if they seem to have like a good relationship with their mom in a way where it's like, or with their parents in general, where they know we all have issues, right? Our parents have, our parents find ways to like mess us up. Right. <laughs> right. If, if, My mom's listening. Hey mom. Yeah. You kind of mess me. You know, me. I mean, we all, <laughs> we all do no matter what. Right. Like yeah. I had one that left and then one who, who did everything that she had to do. Right. But, but she wasn't perfect. Right we all talk about like our parents, our upbringings, usually that stuff comes up within the first month of dating. Right. If there's all, all of us have this like forgiveness. I think all of us at some point in our lives need to like forgive our parents. Mm -hmm. Like I had a single mom and she did the best she could with what she had. Correct. Right acknowledging that instead of being like, oh, she had to work extra and she was a single mom and maybe she missed this aspect. Right. Right. It's just like that, like forgiveness for something that like, she doesn't need to apologize for. It's just recognizing that, you know, I guess the the easiest way to put it is like victimhood mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge red flag for men. It's like, um, feel sorry for me, or I'm angry at, the things that have happened to me that I can't control. That's like, people don't realize that because then what women do a lot of the time, especially, and you know, I'm using binary terms, but it's really just everybody that there's, when there's a victimhood mentality, a lot of women, because we are, for the most part, in general terms, nurturing, Mm -hmm. you think that you are going to be able to either fix or bond in this like traumatic way. (laughs) Want to be
0: a fixer. It's like, people are not projects, okay? Like, do not try to fix this person because of course I've been in that situation before where it's like word vomit. They just come out with everything. Oh, my childhood, this, my mom wasn't around. My family doesn't love me. I can't trust anyone. And it's like so much. And then a part of you feels like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'll be here for you. I'll never leave Mm -hmm. you. You know, you become that person until it becomes dangerous and you have to leave the person. And then you're another person who left them? And they're probably talking to someone else about you now. But yeah, it's like it yeah. starts that way, that whole
1: victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you convince yourself that you, the relationship is deeper and more special than other ones you've had because you're talking about such deep topics yeah. so soon. And it's like, things could come up, you know, like I knew a lot about my boyfriend's, you know, like struggles as, as, a, as a, you know, when he was younger, I knew about that stuff right away, but it was not in a sense where he was looking for me to comfort him. It was more of like, yeah, so like, this is how I grew up. These were like the messed up things that happened. And then like, I, you know, I, I, I rose above it and like, yeah. life is amazing and beautiful and happy ending. Right. So it depends on, on where that comes from. But a, a lot of just like forgiveness, like not having a chip on your shoulder and doing the woe is me feel bad for me type of thing. So true story, my
0: narcissistic ex, it was like that, like the second date, it was just three hours of everything he had been through when he was a child. And it, whenever he would get around even strangers and want to tell this, oh, woe is me story. And I would literally in my head say, oh, woe is me. This person doesn't even know you. Why are you telling them all of your
1: is yeah. like looking
0: for immediate sympathy or, or something mm-hmm. or it was just very weird and strange but at that time like it was like my first relationship I didn't know better yeah. and what to look I've out for stuff. <laughs> yeah so it's like oh my gosh but yeah I remember like towards when I was mentally checking out like have you seen color purple before the movie no the- okay so no. in one scene Whoopi Goldberg says all my life I had to fight and so every time he had this victim story <laughs> in my head I'm like Oh my life. I had to fight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't even be. Hopefully he's healing better now. I mean, yeah, but... I mean,
1: yeah, I hope so too, but that is listen, that is very funny and sometimes you need a little dark humor to get through a Oh yeah. I laugh so much now, yeah, at things from the past. People who are this term gets overused a lot, but like high value people, mm-hmm. they make other people earn the privilege of getting to know them. Yes. You know? Being open and honest is one thing, but don't be an oversharer.
0: Either. <laughs> right. Like, calm down. We don't need to know your whole life story on day two.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what is so, a yeah. green flag? Oh, a green flag. Maybe like three of them. So I would say if he has good friends, that's a green flag. One of the biggest complaints that I get and you know, because I, I'll, I'll, do some coaching with people who are in relationships. I don't do couples coaching, but I can coach you on your part and you know how to react and that sort of thing. The biggest complaint that I'll get is that girls do not like their boyfriends or husbands friends. Mm. That they don't trust their friends. Birds of a feather flock together. So if they have good friends and you like their friends, so it's both the, the red flag and the green flag at the same time. Right. If they have good friends, a uh, green flag, you want to be able to Trust the people that they spend their time with when mm-hmm. they're not with you. Okay. So that's a green flag. Another green flag is if they respect their own time. So there's this TikTok that everybody keeps uh, doing like a, a stitch with. And she's like, Ma- a man wants you, he will literally move mountains for you. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen that, but no, I haven't. It's like a man who doesn't know you, it shouldn't be where he doesn't give you any of his time, but he definitely shouldn't be canceling all of his plans and, and trying to just hang out with you every single second that it works for you. Right. So a man who respects his own time, his own work. So he has the, the, the respect for his own routines. He's just in healthy habits and he makes the time for you when it works for him and you should be doing the same. Right. And that's, that's a green flag, which I think a lot of people think, Oh, is that a red flag? Uh, They haven't had time to, to see me or it's like, no, somebody who has respect for their routines and their time, that's a green flag because they're going to have that same respect for you and you're going to be able to build something very healthy together. So that's like a, like a a weird one to, to look out for. That's actually a, a, you know, a green flag.
0: But I like that you said that too, though, about the, the time, because we do start dating someone and it's like, someone wants all of your time. And you're like, oh, my gosh, well, I want this person to like me. So let me be available all of the time on their time. And it's like, no, because, again, they might require too much of your time eventually or you start losing yourself in a relationship because yes. you're given so much of your time. You're not, you know, doing everything that you want to continue doing for yourself. And it becomes very balanced and unhealthy. So it is good to keep your own space and your own time, your own hobbies. It's mm-hmm. respecting yourself and it's respecting your partner as well, or your potential partner as well. So just yeah. set those boundaries and continue to have your own space. That's actually healthy.
1: Yeah. I have one more. That's okay. Yes. Okay. Somebody asked me if this was a red flag one time, and I'm like, no, it is a green flag. If he wants to see you on a weekend, that is a good thing. Of course. Actually, th- more than once I've had somebody ask, is it weird that he wants to see me on the weekend? Like, I guess the concern was like, maybe he doesn't have any other plans. It's like, maybe <laughs> his plans for the weekend were just to like, do his laundry and walk his dog and watch some TV. Like that's okay. Right. If his, you know, weekends aren't booked up every week. If he has to see you on a weekend when he's not just trying to like squeeze you in so he doesn't waste his Saturday on you. That's a, that's a green flag. That's a great thing. Yeah, he better want to see me on a on Saturday, Saturday <laughs>
0: night. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. That's totally yeah. different. I've never heard of that before. So tell me more about your story. There is a popular TikTok that's going around. I'm going to do it too, where it's I could be brown, I can yeah. be blue, and people are singing a song. And while the song is playing, there's text where people are kind of sharing their story of where they've been and where they currently are. And um, do you mind sharing some of your story for the listeners?
1: So I knew that I wanted to do something online. You know, I wanted to do some sort of like blogging. I didn't want to like put on outfits and show clothes. I didn't want to, you know, I'm not a home decor person. And, you know, I I wanted to do something online and I wanted to help people. And I just, I thought to myself, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but like, I'm manifesting. The universe is going to give me an idea. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and she was having an issue with her boyfriend and I helped her map out literally everything she would say, how she would, you know, approach him with the issue and, and, you know, gave her everything. She's I'm writing this down. And she says, you're really good at this. I said, you know, I'm really good at this considering I can't get a text back. I (laughs) I went, Oh, I said, I literally spend so much of my time giving dating and relationship advice to all of my friends, all of my family. I've been obsessed with dating books and things like that since I'm a teenager. And I'm like, why didn't I think of doing that? But I guess I just thought to myself, can I really, I had like imposter syndrome, you know, like, oh, like a dating coach. Is that something that, you know that you need to go to college for. Am I? I just thought of it as things like a like like a fake celebrity job, right? You yeah. Know? But the coaching industry is huge. But yeah, from there it re- it started off as a just like a blog with some videos. In the meantime, very early on, I I created this. And meanwhile, I had just met my boyfriend, Joe, at the time. I wasn't sure if it was going to be something serious. He has really inspired so much of my work because I found myself to be in such a healthy relationship. Um, So it really just started off as like a blog, some videos here and there, some podcasting. And then at the end of last year, I decided to turn this into a coaching business because my inbox was always flooded with requests for advice we we spoke a little bit about me having, you know, those quote unquote daddy issues, you know, like my childhood was a little strange in regards to my relationship with men and then i you know, i went through some crappy relationships in my 20s and i fell into hookup culture because you put up a wall and you want to protect yourself. It's like hookup culture really ends up just hurting you more, you know? Um millennials are accepting such casual forms of dating and just the hooking up and the partying and the the one night stands and those have their time in their place, you know, like, I guess they could be fun for a while, but I got really serious about the type of person that I wanted to be and, and was very honest with myself. And, and, you know, before I met my boyfriend and before I started this journey with can't get a text back, I got to a place in my life where I realized something's not clicking what I tell everybody is sex in the city lied to you. I'm still going to watch it, but it lied to you. Like in my opinion anyway, and with all of the the clients and the people that I speak to hooking up and that hookup culture is not as empowering as, as it's sold to you. (laughs) Right, right, right. So in a nutshell, that's really uh, my story, but yeah, I, I, I love coaching. There's nothing more that I love than having somebody have like an aha moment and realizing Mm. that like they are in control if they want to be. In the video,
0: you said that you took time to relearn dating. Yeah. How did you do that? Because you said that you went through hookup culture and then you got into a healthy relationship. Like what did you do? Are there certain steps that you took to um, heal before you got into your healthy relationship?
1: Yeah. So I went through two pretty you know, monumental breakups before I got into the relationship that I'm in now. So the first uh, serious relationship was from the time I was like 18 to 22 years old. I was with somebody who was extremely emotionally and psychologically verbally abusive, horrible. I'm very grateful that it didn't get physical. It's something that I always feared would eventually happen. Yes. Um, But he was very controlling and I lost so much of myself at such a young age. And when we broke up, I was like an animal that was let out of a cage. I thought to myself, my friends all just had this college experience that I didn't have. And I started hooking up and sleeping around and partying. And I I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be left alone. I just wanted to always be out doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, after about a year of that, I met my next boyfriend and from the beginning, I just ignored red flags. I feared he would cheat on me the entire relationship. And then he did cheat on me. And that breakup only after a year was so much worse than the the one before that with the, you know, the longer term boyfriend. And again, I fell into the same pattern. You know, I was out drinking most nights. I was just hooking up. And I, you know, it's like this wall that you put up where you're like, if I'm just doing things that are casual, I can't get hurt. And it's like, no, you do get hurt because being physically intimate with people scientifically has an effect on your brain.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you know, I, I got into, I got into all of that. So after about two years of that, that last breakup, um, with the, the guy who cheated on me, it was two years. And I finally went, this isn't working. Right. This isn't making me happy. So I decided to start spending more time alone. I think that that's a huge step. If you've been either a serial dater or you're caught up in like hookup culture, or if you're partying a lot or you just can't be alone ever, you need to be alone, like truly alone. And you know, I was like, oh, I'm single. I'm alone. But are you when you're, you're always have a new crush and a new right. guy that you're obsessing over and agonizing over? It's like, no, you're not alone. <laughs> um, so relearning dating was mostly being alone and only focusing on self-care. It doesn't have to be anything huge. You know, I think people, they hear like self-care and focus on yourself. And they think that they have to like go to the gym six days a week and like travel the world alone. and <laughs> eat, pray, love. Right. Like, like, no, I wasn't doing eat, pray, love. I was going to work like a normal person, but yeah, I spent so much time alone. I spent time doing things like j- just reading, watching silly YouTube videos that I wanted to watch, just really spending time alone. I would limit the amount of time where I was out socializing in a negative way. So if that was like going to a bar with friends or anything like that, I would limit myself with that. And I became super selective about who I would even allow to talk to me in regards to men. Super selective. I think that... We feel a lot of pressure when we are single and we're looking to get into a relationship. We feel the pressure to date consistently, to say yes to every date, to actively look for people to date. And in my opinion, I don't think that's the way to do it. I don't like dating apps. It, it, <laughs> it works for a lot of people. But, but for me, it's like, I didn't like them. So I didn't use them. Every time I would download them, I would delete them. But really it was just like taking the time to be alone, taking the time to just like, Chill and think about what I really wanted. Right. And I was able to just let go of things easier and just say, whatever is meant to come my way will come my way.
0: Yeah. In that time alone, you were able to reflect on your past relationships and what you wanted to change and wanted to attract in your upcoming relationships.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it's so much of that time alone and just sometimes we tell too much to our friends and family and it's not in a bad way. Everybody has your, your best interests at heart, but it's like too many opinions, too many things coming at you at one time. And it's really that like, when you learn to trust your own advice, that's like a big thing.
0: And you can only learn that when you do take time Mm
1: -hmm. alone,
0: (laughs) Yeah, like meditation is huge for me and I meditate every single morning. And that's like 10, 15 minutes of just silence and, listening to my own thoughts and and listening to myself. And and it really helps guide you in life because you're like clearing out the clutter and the noise and all the other advice and whatever from everyone else. And you're just trusting yourself. You're making your own decisions. And if something doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you learn Mm -hmm. from it. So Mm -hmm. that's good that you took time alone because a lot of people will go from one relationship to the next. Don't take that time to heal in between. And so they're bringing that baggage from one relationship to the next relationship and wondering why things aren't working out. But it's totally okay, girls, to just sit back, reflect, pause for a minute, figure out what you really want. You start thinking like, why did I even tolerate whatever it was from the other person? How did I miss this red flag? Speaking of, what are some, you said some red flags from the second boyfriend that you missed immediately, like in the beginning?
1: He came off to just be this like, for lack of a better word, like nerdy, nice guy he did disclose early on in the relationship that he cheated on his ex-girlfriend. Okay. But, I mean, at the time, we were like 23 and 20, you know, 22 years old, and I just figured he cheated. They broke up immediately, and he he seemed remorseful about that. Mm -hmm. I don't think, like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. I think it's way more complex than just that statement. It was um, a lot of like online activity that was really weird. So he would on on Twitter, you know, he was using Twitter a lot of the time. He would only reply back to girls. He would only retweet girls. I don't know if you had Snapchat like back in the day when it. I first did was a for thing. a split second. <laughs> so like when it when it first was a thing, you'd be able to see people's best friends. Mm-hmm. That's actually how I found him cheating. So it would show you like the top three people that the person communicates with. So each person that you were friends with on Snapchat, it would show you their best friends. It was always girls, oh. it was always girls. As time went on, then I'd hear from like his friends, girlfriends that it was like, no, he didn't just cheat on his ex-girlfriend once. Every time he went out with the boys, he was making out with another girl and, you know, things just kept compounding, but you make yourself think that you're crazy. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I ended up finding, <laughs> finding out that, he, uh, he cheated. I decided to be a snoop. I never say be a snoop. I'm like, if you have a suspicion that you want to snoop so bad, you should just end the relationship, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I went snooping and I ended up finding him. Like, you know, I actually opened a Snapchat from a girl who was topless, touching, oh my gosh. doing the whole thing. It was it was awful. It was oh so no. awful, but yeah, I, I, you know, I had this intuition. I had a feeling that it was like, no, this wasn't just a fluke weird thing that happened in his last relationship. I think it's something he does and just has the, you know, the capacity to do again. Thank God you're out of that. And you're now yeah. something
0: healthy. And yeah. how was that transition for you from something? Um, the, the, Toxic relationships from your past, and now moving into a healthy relationship.
1: So it's it really it's just been about honesty. So I do have that, but I had that fear in the beginning of my current relationship where I was like, I was cheated on, and I was just so concerned. So I remember when Joe and I first started dating, he went to Florida to visit a, a friend for a wedding, and I wasn't going with him because we just met; it was new. But I remember being so worried for no reason right. that there was going to be some random girl who he was going to find to be prettier and better than me that he was going to cheat on me with. And that was tough. And I just had to, I just had to communicate that. I didn't say you better not do this, this and that, or I'm, I'm afraid that you're going to do this. I said, because I've been hurt in my past, Mm -hmm. this is something that I've experienced. So I'm having this irrational thought with no proof or logic behind it, but this is what you're going to do. And I'm just communicating to you my fear even though you've given me no reason to believe that, you know, it's like just accepting that your your fear or your worry is yours yes. is really important. So, you know, he really gave me no reason to worry. So l- luckily the, the transition was only maybe weird at first because I was holding on to that like why does this feel so easy? Why does this right. feel so calm? I was worried about not being great. <laughs> right. So there was that, but it's just like, yeah, that communication part of it.
0: How did he respond to you opening up about your fears?
1: He was great about it. You know, he said, you know, I can understand why you'd feel like that, you know, and, and I'm really sorry that you had to go through that in the past, but I'm not going to do that to you, and he said, "There's really no way for me to even prove that I, I'm not going to do that to you, you know, because there there's nothing here really to prove." But you know, I I hope that you can just trust me that that's not something I would do, and I, you know, he would say, "I hope that my actions so far haven't um, given you any reason to legitimately have that concern." There's so much validation that women need with their feelings and their intuition, and it's very easy to just validate someone and how they're feeling you know he didn't have to give me a solution so easy to validate but some people will twist it around and start
0: mainly if they're doing something though oh you're jealous (laughs) or you're insecure and call you names and then you find out okay I was yeah thinking the right thing all along. yeah, (laughs) But but that's good that he was able to communicate that with you to help you feel uh, secure.
1: Yeah. He also didn't feed into it too much. There's Again, there's a fine line with everything, right? Maybe if he were to feed into it too much, he would say, okay, it's fine. I'm going to text you every two hours and I'm going to call you and FaceTime and do all this stuff. It's like, yeah, would that give me like more physical proof of something? Yes. But also that's a way to keep like perpetuating the fear where he was like, I cannot prove to you that I won't do this thing that you're, that you you think could happen because right. like, but I could only just promise you and show you with my actions that I'm not that person. And so then you had to do the work
0: internally for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. couldn't depend on him so much to, you know, change his behavior to make you feel better. You had to own that and be like, okay, well, so what was it after that? You made a choice like, okay, well, I choose to trust this
1: person. I choose to watch this person's actions. I choose to trust myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just trusting my intuition, knowing yeah. what it felt like to ignore those red flags before and then say, am I doing that now? No, I'm not doing that now. I'm, I'm being very honest with myself. Like I said, three and a half years, almost we've been together. And on I, I would say maybe three times total where I've had like that. Could it happen? Could he mm-hmm. cheat on me? But again, it was never something that turned into a, an argument or a misunderstanding. It's just You know, I would say probably one of those times I just dealt with it internally because there's no reason to torture him with this like (laughs) self-inflicted concern, you know, so don't make it his problem. He didn't do anything.
0: (laughs) Yes. Don't make it his problem. He didn't do anything. I like that. I love that actually. So that's good for you to self-regulate and I'm glad it's going well and you're happy and you're healthy in this relationship. Thank you. Lately, you've been talking about um, some toxic dating advice from coaches. (laughs) What is like the main toxic uh, dating advice that you have heard recently?
1: Oh, God. I see a lot of leave him on red. Like if he texts you and you have your red receipts on, like let him know that you read his text message, but don't respond for hours. What is that doing for you? Right. These are coaches. Given this advice, I would say more of like a a coach in a social media sense. I really hope they're not allowing anybody to pay them for this advice, but they've built such an astronomical following. So some people have hundreds of thousands of followers and they're giving advice like this and they're proclaiming uh, they're giving dating advice or never text him first. It's like that is such a blanket statement.
0: Yes. Oh you my know, goodness. it's
1: a weird blanket statement to make.
0: It's so crazy, too, because it's like you wouldn't want these things happening to you, you know, like leaving the person on red. Yeah. If he left you on red, <laughs> yeah. girl, for hours, you would be pissed. So why would yeah. you do that to someone else? There's so much toxic dating advice. It makes me sick. Ah. It, really does. it makes me sick. Well, be sure to follow at can't get a text back because she shares all the <laughs> good dating advice. That you Thank you. <laughs> um, how can people uh, reach you and follow you? Is it just can't get a text back? Yeah
1: so, yeah, so that would be the handle for both Instagram and TikTok. If Listen, if you're tired of getting ghosted, if you are sick of hookup culture, if you're just like, I don't know what to do anymore, then just find me there, go to the link in my bio. And we will work together and we'll make things happen. (laughs) I love that. Last question. What does self-love mean to you, Christina? Self-love is self-awareness. When you know yourself so much, I always say if you hear that somebody says something behind your back and it surprises you to hear the information that they said, then you don't know yourself very well. Mm. You're allowed to be upset maybe, right? But it shouldn't shock you what somebody says behind your back. Because that's the level of self-awareness you should aspire to be. And that self-love is knowing yourself. Because you're so secure in who you are as a person, right? Yeah whatever
0: yeah let them think what they want to think that's not me (laughs) Yeah. thank you so much Christina for coming on to the go girl podcast this has been so much fun I'm pretty sure people are leaving with some great advice especially those (laughs) red flags and green flags that people might miss out Uh, so I just want to say go girl to you for helping women and just helping people in general with like good dating and healthy dating and don't be surprised if it's so calm and peaceful it's actually a good thing girls okay (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, A Woman's Interactive Guide to Self-Love, 10 chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.